go over a little bit sparse tonight. But that's okay. God has those here that God intended to be here, I guess. So I praise God use one of them. I uh, need to make a quick announcement. We don't need any more push mowers. We've, we've got them. Robert and, and, and they came up with one. Uh, uh, Austin Copes come up with one, so we got two. Now all we need is somebody behind them. That's all we need. But thank you so much, Robert, for getting that. And uh, we'll get all that, uh, get that grass taken care of. It was sometimes, even unintentionally, we choose favorites. Sometimes we spend more time with others because maybe there's a little more in common between us and them. The Word of God tells us that we need to be real cautious need to be real cautious about being partial. I ask you to turn with me to James chapter 2, verse 1. James chapter 2, verse 1. He writes, he says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should be, if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and in fine apparel, and there should also come a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay more attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in the good place and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or maybe you just sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen my beloved brethren, God not chosen the poor, has not God chosen the poor for this world to be rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him. Lord God, make us aware that all of your people are special to you. All folks are, you desire for them to be saved. You desire for them to be a part of the family. And Lord God, we don't need to judge and we don't need to, to make critical decisions about someone because of the way that they look or dress or even smell. But Lord God, I pray that you will open our hearts to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. And we'll be like Christ, even as he dealt with the beggars on the streets, even as he stopped 
and healed and cleansed. Now, Father, forgive us where we fail you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So often, we kind of get set in our ways. We have a mindset of what we think people ought to be like when they come to church. Now, around here, y'all have heard me say many times, I hope that you heard me. I don't care how you're dressed when you come, just so long as you're decent. If you got holes in your blue jeans, that's okay. I don't care. The important thing is where your heart is. And here, as he said, he's speaking to the believers. He's speaking to the brethren. He's talking to the church. He says, church, don't get too high and mighty. Don't get to the place where you think you're above everybody else. Now listen what he says. Do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Don't feel like <laughs> that you're above reproach. Don't feel like that people have to meet your standards. Now, I'll grant you, Lord willing, I'll not come in here with a pair of holy blue jeans on, a wore-out shirt, because God has provided me with better. And I think we ought to dress and present ourselves to the Lord with the best we have. But if the best you have is a pair of holy blue jeans, a wore-out shirt, even if it's dirty, the Word of God says we're to welcome them. And we're not to look at that person that comes in with a $500 suit on, like, you know, kind of like Jack wears all the time. You know, just, just don't, don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in, in the pretty diamonds and golden rings and necklaces and even the jewelry that men wear. I wear rings. I'm not ashamed of them a bit in the world. This one is uh, it's, uh, it's from Alaska, and it's quartz, but it does have some real gold in it. This one over here is my wedding ring, and I'm proud of it. What am I saying? I'm saying it's not who we are. It's not what we wear makes us who we are. It's our position in Christ Jesus. He says, do not show partiality just because you think they meet your standard. Or you think they're a little bit better. And you want them to be a part. I've seen people say, well, we need to be nice to these folks. They, they, they have a business, or they have money, or they this, or they that. They're teachers, or they're this. They're. Folks, let me tell you, in God's eyes, we're either, well, we know we're all sinners, and some of us are saved by grace. And that's all that God cares about. He doesn't care, and, and I say this not, not to be critical of anything, and particularly of those that have super education like Brother Bill over there, but God really doesn't care if we're super educated or if we're a, a poor dirt farmer working on a share crop. He doesn't care. All he cares about is our heart. 
Now listen. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord. What God has given us, what God has given us, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly, into your church, a man with gold rings, fine apparel, and should also come a poor man with filthy clothes. Folks, we have had that happen right here in our church. We've had folks come in here that uh, I can remember one particularly that we took home with us and Miss Cherry scrubbed her clothes. They were filthy. What am I saying? What matters is the heart. Now then, we need, we need to be aware of how we can help. How we can help, first of all, even the one that is dressed fine and has gold. As well, help the one that is poor and dirty. Because you see, both need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Whether you're dressed in fine, jewel, fine clothes or fine jewelry has nothing to do with your salvation. Or if you're dressed in dirty, filthy clothes, has nothing to do with your salvation. What's important is that we, each one of us, as born-again believers, draw them to Jesus. And that's the very reason that James says here, listen, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, here you sit in the good place. Now, I don't know what the good place is in the church. I know that there's some that think the back row is the good place. You know, as, as, uh, as, uh, as a preacher, I've always determined that we need to develop an auditorium. That there's a row right back there. When people come in, there's just one row, nothing up here. Just one row right up there. Right back on the very back. And they come in, they sit down, and you mash a button, and that row goes, zip, up here, and another one pops up. And they come in, they sit on the back row, and you mash a button, zip, up they come. So I don't know what a good place is. For myself, I like to be up in this area. For you, you like to be back there. You know what? There's nothing wrong with you being back there. There's nothing wrong with somebody being up here. What's important is that you pay attention and you hear what God the Holy Spirit is saying unto your heart. That's what's important. And that's what James is saying here. You can tell that fine rich man to set up in the good place and you can tell the poor man to sit over by the wall or out of the way. But what's important is you treat them just alike. And if you're going to have the rich man sit here, you need to have the poor man sit right beside him. They need to be together. You know, I, there's, there's not many times that I get to sit out there. But when I do, I want to sit around people I know. I enjoy sitting with people that I know, kindred spirits. But there's occasions when I'm at other places and Miss Cherry and I end up sitting Right in the midst of a bunch of folks, we don't have any foggy idea who they are. That lasts for about the first 
five or ten minutes maybe. Because y'all know I never met a stranger. And before long, I've struck up a conversation with them. And before long, Miss Jerry's finding out about their kids and grandkids and everything else. And all at once, they're not strangers anymore. What am I saying? I'm saying we as God's people need to reach out to those around us. If they're complete strangers or if they're close friends. We need to reach out and share with them the power and presence of God and make no difference. Make no partiality. It doesn't matter who they are, what their station in life is. All that matters is their soul that we need to direct them to Jesus Christ. And he says, that we have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become as judge and evil thoughts? If we start saying, well, you're not good enough, you're not, you're not dressed well, you're not whatever, then we're judging. And folks, I don't want to be a judge. I don't care about judging anybody. You know, I, uh, I'm kind of like old Robert back there. Whenever I start judging something, all I have to do is look in the mirror. And I have to start judging me. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want me to judge. Praise God, hallelujah. That's God's job. All I have to do is deal with me. He says, if you're not careful, if you start showing partiality, if you don't treat everybody equal, you're going to be judging and you're going to have evil thoughts. And when we have evil thoughts, do you know the first thing that happens? Our fellowship with God is chopped off right then and there. Right there. Chopped off. And we have to go before God and say, Oh God, forgive me for that thought and rekindle my fellowship. We have to be cautious of judging one another and others as far as that goes, for it gives us evil thoughts. And he says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs into the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. What does God's word say about a rich man? Anybody know right quick off the top of your head? How hard is it for a rich man to get into heaven? Huh? It says it's, it, it's harder, for, harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to get through the eye of a needle, right? It's not the fact that they're rich, it's the fact that they do not depend upon God. They depend upon their own resources. And God says, listen, has he not chosen the poor man? Now, he's not talking about here the poor man as far as wealth, riches. He's talking about the one that's poor in their heart. And that's what 
we all are. When, we're, when we are not saved, we're poor in our heart. We are destitute, and we have to accept Jesus. And whenever we do that, it says, and then we are rich in faith. We're rich in the power and the presence of God. And there's not anything that will make you any richer. I don't care if you've got a humpteen jillion dollars. You won't be any richer than when you have Jesus Christ leading in your heart and walking with him and letting him direct you. Or you will become an heir of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. Is there anything like loving Jesus? You know, I, I love Miss Cherry. All there is in me, I love her. But it's not the type of love that I have for Jesus. I have a love for Jesus that says, Lord God, I want to be everything you want me to be. Now, I desire to be what Miss Cherry wants me to be. I desire to take care of her. But I covet to be everything God wants me to be. Because I've learned when I'm what God wants me to be, I'm what she wants me to be. Gentlemen, listen to me. You put God first in your life and you'll make your wife happy. Wives, you put God first in your life and you'll make your husband happy. Mom and dad, you put God first in your life and you'll make your children happy. It may be a long run, but it will. What am I saying? Let's put God first. Let's don't look at the person. Let's don't look what they represent. Let's let God do the judging. And let's just love them and witness to them about Christ Jesus. And enjoy with them being heirs to the kingdom of God. The riches of the kingdom. Oh me, there's nothing like faith. True, pure, unadulterated faith in Jesus Christ. It'll make a difference in your life. It'll make a difference in every element of your life. I don't care what you're talking about. If you put Jesus first, it'll make it different. It'll make it better. So whenever somebody walks in this place, or when you see somebody out on the street, remember, God says, love them all. You know, I, I drive down the road just like y'all do, and I see these people standing out on the corners. Their little signs, you know, a penny will help, a dollar will help, I'm hungry, I need a home, I'm homeless, so forth. And I've noticed many of those, as I'm sure you have, are standing there with a pair of $100 tennis shoes on, maybe a coat that you and I couldn't afford if we wanted it, and there was one that was standing down here on the corner at 8th Street and, and uh, New, uh, 8th Street in New Hope just a few months ago. 
back when it was kind of cool. And I drove up and I was sitting there at the light. And it was kind of cold. In fact, it was pretty cold. And I saw him. He turned around and walked over there to that Speedy Mart, whatever that little store is there. And, folks, he got in a brand spanking new Honda and drove off. And he was standing out there holding a sign. Kept. What am I saying? You don't have to judge them, but you have to be wise in what you do. James is talking about right here. And those people that he puts you in contact with out there. Treat them. Father, I thank you and I praise your name for tonight. I thank you for each and every one that are here. Lord God, we have so many that are sick. So many that are looking toward surgeries and tests. And Lord God, we thank you for those that have already had the surgeries and endured better. And Father, tonight I pray for those that will be having surgery in the coming weeks. And, and Father, that you'll guide those surgeons. And those surgeries will be very successful. There's many that are having tests in the next couple of days determining how to go about fixing a, a problem within their heart. And I ask you to bless them. There's the wisdom as they look at those tests to know what needs to be done. And then, Lord God, we as a church family draw us ever closer to you. Give us insight as to how to reach people that come to this place and people outside. Let us reach beyond the walls of this church. Let us stand faithful. Let us not be judgmental. But let us share the truth of the word of Jesus. With our Lord and Savior. With all that we come in contact with. Father, I thank you. And I praise you. That we could come before your throne. With our hearts bowed. And humbly say, thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for guiding us in every way we go. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.